So Joe Biden's my president. And Philly gave that to us. Philly decided that we were fucking done with Donald Trump. And welcome to Impressions of America. I'm Simon, and with me are Toby and Vaughn. Hi, guys. How are we doing today? Hi, Simon. Hey, Simon. Nice little pep in your step there, Vaughn. Uh, well, oh. today is our post-election episodes. Uh, Joe Biden has finally been declared the winner after what seemed like weeks of waiting. Um, and even though Donald Trump and his band of conspiracy theory nutjobs can't accept it, we appear to be coming towards the end of the Trump presidency. Vaughn, you've been drinking a fair amount this week to try mm-hmm. and cope with the chaos. Um, mm-hmm. How are you feeling today and how did it feel last night when Biden was declared the president-elect? Simon, it felt great. It felt so good. This was a rough week. Um, yeah, I had like a breakdown on my boss on Friday and it was a rough time because Pennsylvania still hadn't been called. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind today. Um, But then Pennsylvania was called for Biden. And it was just like, that, that was it for me. I was like, okay, Biden's my president, but everybody like, like a lot of people on my Facebook and on my Twitter and stuff who are from Philly were like, yes, we did this, but like, we need to not celebrate yet because there are votes to be counted. And I was like, nope, I'm done. Pop the champagne. Like I'm <laughs> over all of this. I was in the, uh, I was teaching a class on Friday and I got the news of Pennsylvania flipping to blue a minute before I started my class. And I legitimately fell on the floor and I was like, oh my <laughs> God, like finally. And that last class was like the best class that I've had in all the time that I've been teaching so far. class easily because I was like how's everyone doing are we happy like completely sleep deprived (laughs) manic as shit I'd been drunk for four days like it well no that makes me sound (laughs) I wasn't drunk while I was teaching um but it just it was a week it's a whole week and then it was it was yesterday that just oh god he won and I'm like I'm more happy that that Trump lost. I'm mm-hmm. way more happy that Trump, way happier that Trump lost. Um, it was sort of early afternoon for us, wasn't it, when uh, Biden it, was declared the... the it champion. was about four, half four, yeah. I think. And that was amazing. And we started drink. my flatmate and I started drinking immediately. They, they popped a champagne and then I was just like gone by 6 p.m. <laughs> as you guys saw. <laughs> in my reaction video absolutely smashed last night it was fantastic i loved every minute of it and i just like laid on my couch for like an hour just like yelling into the ether like joe biden's my president like because that (laughs) sentence i remember one of my best friends from college um kate moser fantastic person she's she's wonderful she was so like enamored with joe biden for years while we were in undergrad and one of her other friends bought her a life-size cutout of Joe Biden and <laughs> it has been in her in her basement like by her study area for years and last night she was sending me pictures of her like cheersing with the Joe Biden cutout and like wow. selfies of Biden it was fantastic 
it's just and I remember telling her in undergrad I was like you don't you don't really support Joe Biden like to be president right like in like 2015 we were talking about this I was like we don't we don't want Joe to run in 2016 right and she's like I mean I wouldn't be against it and I was like I definitely won't be happy if Joe Biden is my president and I eat my fucking words now (laughs) I'm so happy that that this is happening right now we needed this in 2020 we we needed this in 2016 but that's all right that's it's a different thing and i think it's just serendipitous that we are doing this episode today because four years ago on the 8th of november was election day mm. and this is when we fucking made a decision in the u.s yep. oh god that has just been awful for four years in every single way yep and it, it's finally going to be over like they're like the the most stressful part of a tr- trump presidency was that he was just he's just constantly breaking the law and constantly doing shit that, that undermines the dem- like the american democracy and he just oh my god it just every single day it's like this has to be the thing that gets him out of office right and there was this constant like hope that there would be an end date and this hope that like this man's not going to be in our house any longer and then we got to impeachment and we were like this has to be the thing and it wasn't and Mm -hmm. like just everything had to be the thing and there was never an end date in sight and now there is now there is an end date and there's a finite deadline that legally he has to be out of office and that kind of relief is better than any anything I could possibly think of to just take that stress away of, of knowing that there's this existential threat to not only Americans, but the entire world, because that position is so incredibly powerful. And for some fucking reason, we get, we give the, like, we give the power to people who have n- don't even have passports and they've never been out of the country we give the power of selecting the most powerful position in the world to people who are content with saying america is the best country in the world and i have zero proof for that but that's all i need to know like they decide this this position that Mm -hmm. has the utmost power in the world in global terms on economic terms on climate uh terms like my god and we we really fucked it for four years and this is a decision that can finally get us back to a point of like not constant embarrassment and not constant refreshing of twitter feeds to see if nuclear war is happening or not like we're gonna have a boring president and i'm so excited oh you know proof is a funny thing vaughn you know sometimes you need it like you know if you're um I don't know. Um, what what do you need proof for? Well, you don't need proof if you're, say, declaring that climate change doesn't exist or, you right. know, COVID is not an issue or, you know, proof isn't really needed either if you just want to claim um, that, you know, there's been voting fraud, for instance. You know, you can just claim right? that. You can just say that. And apparently mm-hmm. that's enough. And that's fine. You can just say, I'm taking this to the Supreme Court without any fucking understanding about how that works. And it just, oh my God. So we we must uh, say that we do have a little bit of a weight, not not so much from a 
perspective of reality, but from the perspective of you know republicanism, that um, they are going to try and fight this and they're going to try and get this held up in various courts and get the Supreme Court involved and try and overturn this. And I believe, I think it's December 14th is the actual date at which point the delegates actually mm-hmm. confirm their their votes, as it were. Or, um, so I, I suppose in theory, we have till December 14th for this to play out. I suppose if this was any other election, if this were any other president, this matter would kind of be closed off now. But we must kind of put that caveat that because it's Donald Trump, we are kind of in unknown water waters on this right um, so you're you're saying that trump isn't going to be like hw bush and talk about how he's going to you know spend more time with his grandchildren yeah he's he's gonna you know, write how he, he wants to initiate a lot of um, public service for young <laughs> people and young people should not be dismayed by the but what's happened this year in, in, mm-hmm. in terms of COVID and the, the election itself, you know, the, the Walker's uh, political campaign should not dissuade you from joining public. So you, you, you're not telling me that Trump isn't going to, isn't going I, to I, do that. I, I believe Trump's main focus is now writing a lovely letter to his predecessor, I think is the... Uh... I think he's going to write letters to all former presidents to uh, kind of congratulate them on their success and uh, to write lovely letters to um, Joe Biden on his uh, his future success. I'm sure that's very likely to happen because we know what a lovely, eloquent man Donald Trump is and how gracefully he puts his words. Um, that's probably not going to happen, is it? Toby, let's give Vaughn a minute to go back to her bottle. What were your reactions to... Um, to the declaration of victory for uh, Joe Biden last night. To be honest, I kind of always felt that he was going to win. You did, didn't you? Especially, um, you know, I, I I think when me and you were talking about it back in February, mm-hmm. I was less confident, but I thought that the Democratic voters had done the right thing. They had looked at who, which particular people uh, were upset with um, Hillary Clinton, and who, what kind of person they would need in order to run against Donald Trump. And it, it was almost like a, a barometric thing. It came from just normal people. And then um, they produced two candidates, uh, Biden and, and Sanders. And then eventually Biden won uh, quite handily there. And I thought this was the best candidate on paper to run against him. And then when COVID kind of happened, I, I felt that this was the crisis, right? The, the, the kind of crisis that you need to take out an incumbent because it's it's difficult. The last time it happened was in 1992. It's difficult to take out an incumbent. But Hoover had a crisis. Jimmy Carter had a, a crisis. And now Donald Trump had a crisis. So I, I, I did feel quite confident. And that was validated both by the public polling mm-hmm. and by the private polling. Like the private polling in 2016 was much more positive about the possibility of a Trump camp, uh, win than mm-hmm. the public polling was in 2016. And but so no one on the Republican side was particularly bullish about this. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I assumed that I would wake up in the morning you know, <laughs> and just, you know, Biden would be the, the president and then I could start criticizing Biden. Yeah, what happened was this <laughs> red mirage, as as they are calling it. Mm-hmm. Which that sounds just... too cool. That sounds way too cool. <laughs> I like that. All those those hayseeds that you know, <laughs> um, 
stormed the the ballot boxes. Um, but yeah, it was re- this red mirage, and when I, and I was really deeply confused. And I think that polling is an industry, and mm-hmm. I think you you said it when we talked to um, our last guest, Angie, that you know if if they get it wrong this time, mm-hmm. then it's a little bit of an existential problem for the industry because what people seem to be saying is that they can't really capture mm-hmm. Trump voters. And then some people have dubbed them to be shy voters, not necessarily shy people. It's just, they have low social trust. So when someone calls them up, like a pollster mm-hmm. calls them up, um, they are not that quick to respond. They, they, they won't engage because they don't, they don't like institutions or they don't, they don't really care. Mm-hmm. But so, and response rates, across the board are low for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, like a cosmopolitan liberal or or someone who's Latino or, or something like that. It, it's, it's responses rates are low, but it's particularly low for this group. So we can't seem to capture them. So both instances in 2016 and now, we have um, the polling, both public and private, seems to be indicating that the, the Democrats are a lot stronger than they actually are. So on the day, we're just mm-hmm. swarmed by this kind of almost plague that, that we didn't know existed or, or weren't anticipating. So in, in the end, I'm relieved, mm-hmm. although I think because of the way the polling primed me, because of the way, the way a lot of journalists had primed me, from the moment that it was set up that what Trump needs to do is win in Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, or at least win four of those. Mm-hmm. I thought that probability-wise, it was difficult. I mean, Wisconsin is a traditional, you know, sort of blue state. Michigan definitely is. You know, the, the, the thing that happened uh, 2016 was a little bit of, a, of an aberration. And and so I, I really felt that he that Trump didn't have that much of a chance but to be honest i think the overarching story of this despite the defeat of trump is not that rosy really republicans won seats in the house mm-hmm. you know they're doing well in the senate obviously there's these uh, georgia runoffs to see yep. if um, yeah. they'll still control the senate but i mean one of those candidates had actually won you know mm-hmm. but didn't get over 50 percent. so it's it's yep. it's going to be difficult and the overarching story isn't of this landslide. It's not a landslide, it is. but I do think, in terms of Trump himself, he's been he's been repudiated. And you know, I mean, Biden got what, seven million more votes than than Hillary Clinton, and it's still going up. Yeah, over fifty percent of the pop of the voting population voted against him. You know, there, there weren't any kind of third party candidates. And despite um, Kanye West's um, interventions, <laughs> there, there weren't any kinds of uh, candidates that got any traction. Mm-hmm. So it was it in many ways. It isn't is on the presidential level. It is an overwhelming rejection of 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 Donald Trump in that way. But it is an overwhelming rejection of republicanism. And it and it isn't in some ways it isn't an overwhelming rejection by Republicans or conservative leaning voters of the the, the populism of, of of Trump 
either. I don't. I don't think because I mean, you know, a person can't get seventy million votes, mm-hmm. and you, in one one says that he's a marginal character. In in, in like, yeah, this is it's a permanent. It's almost a permanent thing. Yep. I, but I, I, then, I I but I, then I do feel what what's really been set up because of the difference between the presidential voting and down ballot voting, is that there are there are clear camps in the Republican Party and the mm-hmm. the sort of Never Trumpers and the Lincoln Project people do have a lot of ground to launch a mm-hmm. kind of civil war there that they you know they might win I mean it's not you know it's not possible from, from the data that we have if it had been Trump done a lot done a lot better than down ballot Republicans then we could say you know mm-hmm. well that's uh the populist right has taken over the Republican Party but we we I mean we don't know yeah yeah and I think we'll maybe touch on we'll actually circle back to the actual sort of details of the election in just a minute I would just like before we go any further though um Vaughn could you maybe try and explain what the hell um, Rudy Giuliani was doing in a car park off a garden center in Philadelphia, doing a press conference? I am so happy you asked that, Simon. Oh my God, yeah. Okay, so this is the funniest shit to come out of Philadelphia <laughs> this this century. Um, okay, so Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> This is one of my favorite things. And this is what I was talking about when I got the news that Joe Biden won. Mm-hmm. I was explaining what all of this means to one of my friends who who is from here in the UK. Uh, so Rudy Giuliani set up this like it's like rally, this this speech that he was gonna give in Philadelphia and mm-hmm. be like, I'm like, like they're stealing the votes, whatever. Like we won Pennsylvania fair and square, mm-hmm. all of that shit, whatever. And he, and he booked it at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Company yep. instead of the Four Seasons Hotel. And the Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia had to put out a tweet to be like, just so you know, it is definitely not us. Like, like this, <laughs> it is absolutely not here in Center City at the Four Seasons. It is at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Company. And there is evidence, even though they're denying it, that that was a genuine mistake that <laughs> Rudy Giuliani's team made in booking it at a landscaping company, but they just like leaned into it and they were like, we totally meant to do that. Hilarious. And then on top of that, this this landscaping company, this like car park that he was in, <laughs> was in a part of Philly that is like not really central at all. It's in South Philly, like right near the, like right against the river um, by Palmyra, New Jersey. It's in Tacony, Philadelphia. Which is like, I don't, I don't want to shit on any part of Philadelphia, but any Philadelphian would be like, no, Tacony's not part of us. <laughs> like, like we're okay without them. Um, because it's so close to New Jersey, is it kind of tainted by association? It's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of things in Tacony. A, a lot of things, also, and again, also, I. It was also what? opposite a, um, not that we're shaming sex shops, but you know. No, that's the best part. Oh my god, this car park. Is next to this adult bookstore, this like rundown adult bookstore, and we are absolutely not shaming that because we we love that here. Um, we don't we don't shame sex workers, sex shops, or anything. Mm-hmm. But this this rundown adult sex 
bookstore is called Fantasyland, which is where <laughs> like all of these fucking Republicans are if they think they're winning this goddamn election. It's just so good. Just this sad little car park in Jaconi, Philadelphia, dubbed Fantasyland. Amazing. Rudy Giuliani just yelling into the ether that like <laughs> they won. And they're like, oh God, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. Toby, can you recommend that uh, fantasy land? Is it any good? <laughs> but I think, I mean, it just underscores how preposterous this whole thing is, yeah. really. Like in, in 2000, they had um, James Baker, who was who had been uh, Secretary of State and uh, a major campaign manager to initiate the, the legal uh, attack in Florida, right? And, you know, it's and this was a guy who's been seen by many people as like almost like above politics. Mm -hmm. And it it, but with someone like Rudy Giuliani (laughs) and the funny thing about Rudy Giuliani is that he kind of has a kind of like similar kind of prestigious background, you know, the guy who. Mm. You know, in in scare quotes, def- defeated the mob and mm-hmm. uh, got people people off of Wall Street like Ivan Bosky. America's mayor. Also, in squ- scare quotes, he reduced the the crime wave of the nineteen eighties in, in in New York. Mm-hmm. But he's just become such a a figure of just like utter contempt. In the well, last between this few and Borat, years, it's been quite a few weeks for him, hasn't it? The last couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, like, you oh know, with God. the Borat thing. Oh, it's just like a chef's kiss on this whole election. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. So it, it's just completely preposterous. But, I mean, we, we, we laugh about this, but this this kind of stuff is is deeply dangerous. Something is happening here. Yeah. And, and other people aren't really covering it. And, and the, the, the mainstream media don't really because they won't talk about oh the, you know they'll talk about oh, the fraud but what is happening is that trump is talking about fraud kevin mccarthy in the house mm-hmm. is talking about fraud Repu- republican professionals are you know they're quite happy with the results but they're kind of talking about fraud so this stuff gets into the wider republican um ecosystem and people are actually talking that you know what, what that that they're not uh they did not allow uh republicans to go into the into where they were counting in in Pennsylvania and Arizona why aren't they allowing us to see what's happening mm-hmm. so there is this belief and it's and it's become engendered by the whole of the republican infrastructure that this election was stolen yep and it's going to it's going to go like I mean I don't I don't even know what's going to happen but Trump is going to eventually not be in the White House for yeah. Biden's inauguration right mm-hmm. but yeah. they are going to keep saying that Biden is illegitimate because of these mail in ballots yep and it builds upon in America non stuff and all the other conspiracies that have been built up for so long, and also plays specifically into the 
this idea that, you know, Trump has been banging on about voter fraud for forever, you know, maybe because he saw this coming, but also because it helps push the Republican agenda off, you know, like voter ID and, you know, greater voter suppression and making sure that only the right type of American is allowed to vote. And, you know, you've got key buzzword. The key buzzword at the moment is legal votes. That's the legal one they're pushing, votes. you know, to make sure that uh, we want all the legal votes to be counted. And I'm sure if you ask them, all the legal votes would point towards a big Trump victory. And it's only because of these illegal votes that we are getting a Biden victory. And I think it's it's a accumulation to some extent of, of part of a pattern we've been seeing up until now, which is, you know, vague conspiracy theories, specific uh, conspiracy theories around certain things, such as, you know, the dead are voting uh, Democrats. So there's been all this talk about how people who've got like a birth date of like the 1800s have been, you know, we're voting in this, even though there are that some of that has been debunked. Because, for instance, uh, I think I think it was it was either Georgia or Pennsylvania where they actually said they actually showed this. If you actually look closely enough on the website, that the reason certain people would have a birth date down is like eighteen hundred, is because for their own safety, maybe because they've been like uh, victims of domestic abuse, etc. They would actually have their their real date of birth essentially redacted to keep them safe and of course none of that you know none of what is actually true and what is in reality actually bears any fruit for republicans because it doesn't play into their narrative of donald trump is lost and you know you know it war- sorry their their narrative is donald trump has won and the reality is that donald trump's lost and it means that donald trump wouldn't have to do something which he's never done and that's accept that something is his own fault and something that he has been involved in has failed you know, even in the past when Donald Trump has talked about, you know, the businesses that have folded and, you know, declaring bankruptcy and stuff, he talks about, oh, that was a smart business move. You know, this is what I did in order to move on to the next thing. And actually it was a successful move and look how successful I am now and I'm worth all these billions and it was really smart. So Donald Trump, because he has no conscience, hasn't, isn't, was never going to accept this in any kind of, unless he got like literally no votes. Outside of that, he was never going to accept the fact that he'd lost a fair election. And he now gets to proclaim that the only reason he's not president is because of a conspiracy. And if he wants, you know, if he's still alive, if he's not in jail, he can run on 2024 and say, you know, the real president is coming back now because the only reason I wasn't the president from 2020 to 2024 was because the Democrats stole it. And there will be no doubt that the Republicans will push this narrative in the elections in two years time and by that point you know biden could be in real trouble if he loses you know house and the senate etc so it it is very dangerous and i think we we have to kind of we do we do have to celebrate the end of trump if this is indeed the end of trump but i think we also have to be very very worried that um this is going to be a pattern that exists beyond the immediate future of a Trump presidency and we could see it continuing. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how, this is a question that the three of us has kind of talked about before and even just in private conversations, how do the Republicans move on from Trump? Do they move on from Trump? You know, is the next person basically just in a Trump wig as it were, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult to. Uh, and just, just before you, you get to that, Simon, like, as you, you know, like Giuliani actually said that he said that, Pennsylvania is a place known for deceased people. Basically, mm-hmm. he said that in the, in, the, in the press conference. Yeah, he said Will Smith's like dead great grandfather or something voted in the 2018 elections or something like that. So, yeah, like like I... it's the Democratic machine from like it's Tammany Hall or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like it's the 1800s. 
it's it's absolutely disgusting and we mm-hmm. cannot allow this to stay like america is on the verge of having some sort of international body you know like i i dealt, yeah. dealt with uh, INEC, you know in, in nigeria yeah. like the, there's an international body coming in with super regulatory powers to make sure that Americans feel that this election was legitimate. Yeah, I'm sure that would go down well with Republican voters to have foreign people come in and tell them how how the election went. I'm sure that would... uh, Yes, I was going to say, if there's anything that hardcore Republicans love, it's not Americans. (laughs) America needs, like, a CIA to come in right now. Like, if we were (laughs) any other country, the CIA would be there already. We need someone else's CIA. So what you're saying is, and Toby and I have been saying this for years, is we need Henry Kissinger to intervene. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. That's Toby, what I'm saying. Toby, write that one down. Um, um, on, on the subject of these legal votes, this question of the legal votes and like what the, how the Republicans respond, they are, they are stuck in a hard place at the moment because they're saying like this election was so illegitimate and there's so much like rampant voter fraud. But Trump is still counting 71 million votes mm-hmm. nationwide. And he's like, I won by 71 million votes. But then he's also saying that all of the votes were like, like he's counting the quote unquote illegal votes that were the mail-in ballots for him. Like mm-hmm. if we're stopping counting on Tuesday night, what was it then? <laughs> count, like, the vote. <laughs> count the vote. <laughs> like it was like 58 million or something for Trump. Stop on Tuesday, the count. Tuesday night. <laughs> It's just fucking ba- oh, it's bananas. Awesome, and then, like, like so, so he's saying like, all the mail-ins were fraud except for the ones that voted for me. Yes. And Mitch McConnell has had has said nothing as of yet about all of this like straight up fascist talk from. Well, he Trump. might be dead for all we know. I mean, like, praise be, it would be a great weekend. But like, <laughs> Congress reconvenes tomorrow. Senate reconvenes tomorrow. So he's going to have to make a statement. He's going to have to say something. And if he still refuses to say anything, then what needs to happen absolutely and immediately is Democrats rising the fuck up, invoking the 25th Amendment and mm-hmm. getting these people out of power because this is absolutely dangerous. Like like Toby's saying, like like you're saying something. Like like this is this is incredibly dangerous going forward that 71 million people allegedly if we're going with trump's terms allegedly 71 million people in the u.s are super comfortable with admitting that the the american democratic practice or process is is illegitimate mm-hmm. and that's really not cool but the cool thing about it is that they definitely definitely fucked up by letting this election go the way that it did because now like if they if they did this correctly to call fraud on the election, they would not have let those numbers get out that 75 million people voted for Biden mm-hmm. because now there's power behind knowing that there are 75 million people in the country who voted him out, who had faith in the electoral process enough to vote him out. And that's super dangerous for Republicans. If they really wanted to like make a coup and like maintain power and do this in the like quote right way then they wouldn't have let 
75 million Americans know that they're not alone. Yeah. Um, so it's going to get messy. But. We should, as you say, the, the the numbers are still ticking up. You know, mm-hmm. at, at some point in the next 50 years, California will count all their votes as well. Not that it matters too much for the electoral votes, but it does add to the uh, the actual numbers as as far as the sort of nationwide. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing something like the gap might be six million, mm-hmm. which is quite substantial. I mean, it hasn't. It was Obama, and then. Beyond that, you have to yeah. go all the way back to the 90s for, mm-hmm. for gaps like yeah, that. That's a big victory. We should also say there are still some states that are, you know, trying to tabulate their voting. It would appear as if Georgia is moving further towards a Biden victory. At the news this mm-hmm. morning uh, that I saw seems to put the number past 10,000 in, 10, in, in uh, Biden's favor which would provide another 16 votes, I think, possibly, yep. or 13 votes, 16 votes, possibly. 16. And then we're looking at possibly Arizona going towards Biden, although that's tightened a little bit as well, which would be an additional is it 10 or 13 or something 11. around that. 11, there you go. Um, so we are moving ever closer towards a potential sort of past 300 number. I mean, I think 306 might be the highest it can go um potentially mm. for for biden depending which is on... what trump got uh last yeah. time and which... he called that a line landslide so yeah he got a landslide <laughs> with despite losing the popular vote so um i don't know what that number would be plus six million in the popular vote that must be a big landslide although mm-hmm. he did actually say in 2016 the only reason he didn't win places like california and new york is because he didn't campaign there and if he did yeah. that he would have won those so fair enough um can we just talk a little bit about what the fuck happened in Texas? Because I never for one minute thought that the Texas was going to go blue. I always thought they were staying red. I was more more optimistic and I actually thought Florida would turn blue this time just because <laughs> half the people in Florida appear to have died since the 2016 election due to COVID. But I was wrong on that one and Trump carried that fairly comfortable. So, uh, you know, maybe the polling was a bit off there. But um, yeah, I was kind of right on the Texas one, although it was really comfortable in the end for um for trump can we just blame beto for this is he just you know not as charismatic as we hoped or was this just a, a, a well you mean the guy who lost uh, against <laughs> <Terry> Cruz? <laughs> exactly <laughs> did, he not, did he not achieve everything he set out to do by uh by losing again and did he not just uh keep his uh i mean i like i feel as though he i'm looking at it right now and i'm gonna try and do the maths on this but i'm still kind of (laughs) bleary-eyed like 5.8 is that the right number that sounds about About 5.8 percent he won in texas and i think that is kind of a win for the the beto o'rourke camps in texas because like mitt romney in 2000 when was that? Eight? Was that eight? 12. Yeah, 2008. 12? 12. 12. Got it. 12 would have yeah, been Robbie, eight was McCain. Yeah. Um, so 2012, he won Texas by 16 points. Like it was like no contest. And then Trump won by, I think, like six points mm-hmm. in 2016. And he, he won by 5.8 points now, mm-hmm. as, as the current numbers are. So, like, I think that that's. Like, we can't ask Texas to just flip blue right now. Like, I think it is a gradual progression towards wherever they're going to land in the next kind of 
two or three elections. But and I think, I think Dallas did turn a bit more blue as well, from what I understand as well, which would be a yes. uh, push forward. Um, but yeah, yeah Dallas was blue. Fort Worth was blue. Austin was blue. San Antonio was blue. Houston was blue. El Paso was blue. So where Corpus people Christi live. is the only major city that was red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think one problem with that is that the, the polling seemed to suggest that Texas was a toss-up. Yeah, the, the latest like, one, the late, the very latest ones coming out towards the end, where it's like you know, forty-nine fifty-one or fifty-fifty, yeah, that kind of stuff. Where in, in the end, it was fairly comfortable. Although, as yeah, Angie yes. said, and she was absolutely correct, you know, these aren't a you went, you know, we suddenly want Texas to be blue, so it's going to be blue. You know, the yeah. idea of a long southern strategy. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not twenty twenty four, but maybe by the time you know, twenty eight or thirty two comes around, maybe we are legitimately seeing a Texas that could turn blue, and mm-hmm. a Texas which is blue basically means no election for a Republican unless something really wild happens. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, mo- most definitely. But I also think that part of this is that, and and it, and it's the same thing with with in, with Beto against Cruz. Because they they were like people thought Beto was was getting really close, and you saw Cruz at these these rallies that he would have and talk were talk, talking to people, and and the people there sounded really bullish, and they sounded much more bullish than I think the pollsters were interpreting, and that the 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 Democrats were really feeling, and I and I think they're really underweighting how conservative these kinds of states are. So, certainly, they're making some some progress but it's going to be a while yeah absolutely and i think that was absolutely what angie was talking about in the last show you know yeah. it is a gradual process with this i guess i i mean i personally never thought they were going to turn blue this time around and i think that's just how it turned out i guess it just i guess it comes back to the fact that i was very suspicious of all those polls that were saying it was 50 50 and so i i just taking a moment to kind of gloat in the fact that sometimes we should use our gut a bit more, I think. Rather and than- I guess the Florida thing is is also um, difficult as well, because mm-hmm. we're seeing that, the, you know, the people who go to Florida to retire, the older voters, uh, they vote, tend to vote Trump, mm-hmm. Latino voters, for, you know, um, especially Latino male voters are voting for Trump. Uh, um, um, so slightly higher rates, you know. I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. been overstated. It's like plus five from what it was in sixteen, mm-hmm. and some Republicans are looking at that as you know, like the Cubans are saying mm-hmm. that you know they are not um, interested in socialism and it's a mm-hmm. refutation of the Democrats' drift t- towards socialism. And we we don't know. I mean, the thing about America is there's so many different states and there's so many different communities and so you know there's a there's a possibility that in that specific community that might have been part of the reason why they went for for Trump um but then they also you know they voted for a $15 minimum wage so mm-hmm. we, yep. you know we don't know we have to unpick this um as we as we go on and I guess the thing about Florida is though we are all anticipating, and it, and it speaks to the broader uh, theory that the, the Democrats have this this um, uh, incoming um, emerging majority. This 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 idea that you know people under the age of fifteen mm-hmm. are a majority 
minority they're going to get to the age of 18 age of um 22 and america is going to be majority minority soon and so the republicans aren't going to be able to win Mm-hmm. But if they're making these kinds of gains with um, Latino voters in Florida, which is a which is really a very good um, sort of um, barometric indicator of you know where the country might be in a, f- a few years or, or, or where it is right now, then possibly the Republicans will not um, ever you know become a minority or perpetual minority party because of that. Although like, I'm quite skeptical of that even in Florida, because I, I, if you look at the percentage the Republicans are getting with Latino voters, it isn't above 40%. And George Bush got like 44% of the Latino vote like twice. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the, the, the Republicans, um, about 35% of, of Latino voters are going to vote Republican. And as Angie said, you know, the, the Latino vote isn't a monolith. There's many different groups that make up the Latino vote. But if the Republicans, you know, with an incumbent president like Donald Trump, can't get to 50% of the Latino vote, if the country becomes majority minority, then that 35% that they're getting right now, or 40%, is still going to leave them a perpetual minority party. So I don't think this is a big... um, refutation of that that theory at all and even if you look at the african-american support that they got yes um you know like uh what's her name candace owens oh, yeah candace owens. yeah you like um some people have said oh her brave campaigning she's shown some african-american men that you know they're, they're interested in entrepreneurship and things like that like they got what 18 percent of african-american men yeah i mean it is better than Republicans for a long time, actually. It is yeah. better. But that's that's still 15% of the African-American vote. In this majority-minority country, 40% of the Latino vote and you know, even 20% of the African-American vote oh, is not yeah. going to get you um, the majority. No. And Republicans cannot... Uh, they just, for the life of them, seem to be able to win a majority in America anymore. They won it in 04, but Although they haven't I, I won it. That was as much kind of post-9-11 reaction. Post-9-11, post-Iraq war, wartime president. Beyond that, they can't. Yeah, absolutely. Last one outside of that would have been 88 with George Bush. And um, some some Republicans, especially professional Republicans, are going to be happy with the results of this election, especially if they hold on to the Senate. Mm-hmm. But... They have to remember if you if you take the polls out of it, this is an incumbent president. COVID is a crisis, but a crisis that has two faces. Like Trump, it's not like Jimmy Carter or Herbert Hoover, who just you know had an economic crisis that they could they couldn't deal with. Trump yeah, can yeah. say that you know we we want to keep the economy open, and p- some people are interested in that. You know, keeping the economy open. It it, it was not a completely one sided crisis, even though it is a crisis. So, you know, if if they can't win a majority and they didn't win a majority even when they won the presidency, like what is the future of the Republican Party? They seem to think that the Democratic coalition isn't going to hold, but it is holding. Mm. Yep. Um, um, sorry, Yvonne, on you go. 
I, I just wanted to come back to the Latino vote again real quick. Um, so I've been having this conversation, like I've had this conversation like 10 times this week about what is going on with the, the Latino vote or the Latinx vote. Um, and particularly in Florida, because it was so like up in the air about which way the quote Latino vote was going to go in Florida. And I think that Democrats really, really, really need to stop calling it the Latino vote because mm. that includes so many the broad church. different people from different countries with different histories yeah. that don't have the same kind of substantial history that white people and African-Americans have in the U.S. Like, it's much easier to target a demographic of Black Americans because they have been so entrenched in the in the American public system for centuries. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a little bit clearer about what things will work and what things won't work based on the history that we have within our own political system in relation to the Black community. Yep. Whereas the Latino community is getting so much bigger over the last few decades or so, and they don't have the same kind of history that other communities do with the US political system. So just calling this vast, like mm -hmm. vast array of people under one umbrella term and saying, oh, well, we don't know which way they're gonna vote. That issue is because you're not looking at them as individuals coming from different histories with different, or different countries with different histories. Yeah, like in, Flor in, yeah. in Florida specifically, um, Telemundo, which is the, the Spanish MSNBC uh, channel, um, they they broke it down in Florida and 71% of Cubans in Florida voted for Trump yep. while 66% of Puerto Ricans voted for Biden. And that is so significant to think about. Puerto Rico is part of the US. Mm -hmm. They, they uh, some people in Puerto Rico want statehood and the, some Democrats are talking about giving statehood to Puerto Rico so that they can actually vote in the presidential election. Um, because you know we didn't fight a revolution for uh, taxation without representation or anything, but that that explains some of that vote. And then the Cuban vote is uh, is largely along the lines that Toby just said about um, this resistance to socialism. And the Republicans have perfected their messaging on <clears throat> like McCarthy era anti-communism and, and anti-socialism, and scared like they they have fear-mongering around socialism down to a science like they're so good at it and that kind of fear for like like trump on election day tweeted biden is a castro puppet the fuck does that mean <laughs> like that that was specifically targeting cuban voters who were in like florida largely in florida um and that kind of messaging is so pervasive that it really works to strike fear into people to not vote for someone who could become something like a system that they left, that they left for a quote, better life in the US. Um, so I think this, like the question of the Latinx, Latinx vote, Latino vote, however you wanna identify it, is such an issue for Democrats and they really, really need to stop putting it under one umbrella and just identify that there's, there's way too much going on within these individual communities to just lump them all together and be like, well, we don't know how it's gonna vote. Like, 
how they're going to vote. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, that's a yeah. really good point you make, Vaughn. I, I really like the breakdown you have there in Florida. And I think part, part of it is is journalistic, like people mm-hmm. looking for a shorthand to describe this mm-hmm. vote. And, you know, it, I guess in some ways it's, it's a little similar um, when you talk about the African-American vote. But as you say, it's, it's, it's a multiplicity. And I guess, but I think that organizers don't treat it as a monolith. I mean, they, they, they just wouldn't be able to do their jobs if they did. And I, and I, as you say, like um, the Republicans have been able to make a science of attacking, you know, sort of like the Cold War era socialism. Mm-hmm. But to specific, but it works better with some specific groups like the the Cubans, yeah. right? Yeah. And the, the idea that this election is is in any way a sort of refutation of so- socialism. We don't socialism wasn't on the ballot. What was on the ballot was, I'm Biden. I'm going to make you proud to, to be an American again. I'm not going to tweet. <laughs> I'm the president of everyone. That was what was on the ballot, you know. Yeah. The the and and people like um John Kasich have, have gone on television, you know, trying to get the Republican Spurs back, talking about you know Ilhan Omar and um, Ocasio Cortez mm-hmm. and how this is you know the down ballot victories are the Democrats and and Joe Biden did not push any kind of real policy agenda. He wasn't having these these. Obviously, they had policies, and mm-hmm. they were, you know, to the left of Clinton, just because of the way um, or the strength of the the Sanders campaign. But it it was not about the political economy of Joe Biden versus that of the Republican Party. Yeah, yeah, it, it and did, and those and those campaigns are going to be had. And and those kind of issues are going to be had in the Democratic Party and the Republican Party in the next four years, and we're you know we're really going to see. But you know, even in Florida, you have the the fight for fifteen winning, and you have um, some states. I think a couple of states have legalized all drugs. Yeah, or at least decriminalized it. Yeah. Decriminalized mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like it's um Portugal. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I know where I want to do my heroin now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if there are any heroin companies out here who who would like to sponsor the podcast, you can contact us at. Um, <laughs> and you know, as as um, uh, Casio Cortez says, you know, she won a landslide. Omar won a landslide, mm-hmm. but they did because mm-hmm. of this very specific areas that they're they're sure. they're congressmen in but the idea that this is some sort of deep refutation of socialism i mean it's it's i i, I haven't seen it and um even progressive it's not even the progressive candidates that have really lost it's it's all these blue dogs that have, that have mm-hmm. lost their yep. seats right to republicans yeah. and a lot of them are complaining you know that it's it's because of uh, Bernie Sanders, because of socialism, that they yeah. lost. Sure. I mean, in in their very specific marginals, you know, um, you know the the reason. I mean, the Democratic Party is a big tent. You know, you still have Joe Manchin, Manchin in there, mm-hmm. four very specific areas where you know 
being that kind of politician can make you more successful, but that does not say anything about the wider American discussion around socialism. In many ways, a lot of the policies that are being advocated by people like Bernie Sanders are popular. Mm -hmm. And we haven't had that election yet. And the Republicans seem to be spoiling for it, for that kind of election. But I don't I don't think they really want to have because they they will lose a lot if it happened. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I agree. And and just just to finally touch upon the uh, Latino thing, I think um, I think part of the reason that Joe Biden appears to be heading towards victory or at least getting close to anyway is because of the more Mexican-American vote in Arizona, Mm. um, which appears to be quite strong for him, which, as you said, Vaughn compares to the um, the split in somewhere like Florida, where you've got the Cuban vote, which has uh, gone the other way. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point. Just briefly then, uh, before we move on to other stuff, uh, just one state I, is worth touching upon, which we kind of briefly mentioned, is uh, Georgia, which does appear to be mm. towards the victory. Um, Vaughn, can you maybe just fill us in a little bit, specifically around like the Stacey Abrams thing and the, the voter registration and kind of one of the, the real heroes of this election, as it were? Yeah. So um, she's incredible. That's it. Um, no, she. So Stacey Abrams uh, ran for governor a couple years ago in Georgia, and um, ultimately she lost the election. But what she has done since then is she showed that a black woman could be a strong contender in Georgia. And she has dedicated the last few years to this just rigorous revolutionizing of voter registration in Georgia Mm -hmm. in ways that we haven't really seen since the civil rights movement in the 60s. And um, I don't know the exact number, but I believe it was 800,000 people. That's what I heard as well, yeah. I think, yeah, 800,000 people that she registered to vote in otherwise disenfranchised areas of Georgia. Which is astonishing. It's, it is astonishing that like she single-handedly showed, not single-handedly, she had massive mm-hmm. teams, but if yeah. we're ascribing it to one person, she showed that optional voter registration is a tool by white pop- politicians mm-hmm. to make sure that certain communities can stay disenfranchised and that they can make it as hard as possible to vote in a federal election, in any election, but especially the federal. Um, And Stacey Abrams showed that on a national scale, that if you actually spend the time to register your voters, then all of this rhetoric about that that we've seen from Republicans um, over the last few decades, or well, really the whole time, Mm -hmm. that if like that, that black communities are too lazy to vote, or that black communities don't actually want to vote. They don't want to take part in the process. So they don't get registered on their own kind of volition. And Stacey Abrams was like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> Obviously that's not true. If we actually spend the time and the resources to um, register these voters and to educate them like properly on what is going on in these, these national politics, then they will turn out in massive numbers and they will flip a state blue when given the actual like opportunity to opportunity to do so and 
I think Stacey Abrams' efforts compounded with the, the pandemic and getting so many early votes out and mail-in ballots out was just this, like this, this is something that we might see spread across the South in the same kind of long South strategy that Angie um, was talking about and wrote a book about. It's, it's this like concerted effort to make sure that disenfranchised communities have the ability to vote in the next election, um, especially in midterm, midterms. I bet we're gonna see a massive turnout in midterms um, from Georgia in, in ways unprecedented thus far, even more than, than this election. Yeah. Um, because Stacey Abrams has done the absolute work there. And I said single-handedly and then kind of backtracked a mm -hmm. bit. There's, there have been so many people in Georgia that are part of her team that are working to educate um, like local organizers on why this is so important to getting people getting people to register to vote. And there have been a lot of historians specifically in Georgia um, that have worked towards this cause. And this, this kind of like, take a step back and actually look at the history um, of this area. It's not that we were always voting red, it's that we, we in total did not have the opportunity to make a clear vote to represent all citizens of Georgia. And these efforts just in Georgia are things that are now on a national scale, scale stage that people are recognizing um, in, a, again, a way that we haven't really seen since the civil rights movement, that we need to actually register voters in a timely manner and make sure that they get their ballots and have their voices heard. Um, she's done incredible things, Stacey Abrams and all the historians, all of the people in Georgia who, who are working towards this. It's really incredible. Absolutely. Um, I've got a couple of uh, more sort of um, slightly less serious points that we can just kind of go off on. Is there anything you guys want to specifically mention about the election or just the general shit show for the last week before we move on to that lighter stuff? I think one thing just um, is that this vote by mail um, thing is, is, is quite interesting because... I feel like a lot of Republican states had allowed people to vote by mail, mm -hmm. and a lot of Democrat states have voted a lot. But it but it does increase voter turnout, mm -hmm. which is strange that some Republican states have, have allowed it previously. And it's 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 saying that eighty seven percent of Democrats are happy and want to have the option to vote by mail. Some states it's it's the only option available mm -hmm. at all. And 49% of Republicans. But after this, I can imagine Republicans will be less happy for um, people in their state to, to vote by mail. They will push this idea of fraud, even though the instances, even though you know, billions of people, uh, millions of people vote uh, by mail and the instances of fraud are like in the low hundreds. Yes. So, and then they're they're all very specific cases, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that it does expand the franchise, right? It does allow some people who might have some mobility issues, or might forget to vote on the day. I mean, and and I think it all comes down to you know, like oh, African Americans, they all take. It all comes down to like, um, I think a lot of Republicans view themselves as 
very conscientious people you know it comes down to like uh like they they feel like they have a high higher self-efficacy so they, they'll go and they'll wait you know and they'll make lists and, and they'll wait but and, and but that but ha- having that there really restricts the vote you know introducing things like um voter id mm-hmm. it it mm-hmm. restricts the vote it, it's 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 almost like a proxy for a, a, a poll tax or something like that. Mm. But vote by mail is this great resource for allowing the expansion of the franchise. It's so great that a Republican candidate is getting over 70 million votes and losing the election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm unsure what the Republicans are going to do about it because the research says that it expands the voter turnout and Republicans don't tend to do well with with high <laughs> voter turnout. I mean, some people have seen that 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 um, said that it's a uh, it's really a polynomial expression. Like, if if at some point the um, the advance that uh, Democrats get from high voter turnout start, starts to dissipate, and Republicans start start to benefit from it um, a little bit. But the most of it is towards the Democrats. So I, I wonder what the Republicans are going to do about vote by mail. They, they, they're going to have um, the ability because they have a lot of the state legislatures that they've won right now. So, yeah, I, I wonder what's going to happen with it. And I wonder if we're going to see the same level of um, sort of involvement in the franchise over the next few years, I, I, I'm I'm quite pessimistic about that actually. It also changes the dynamics of the actual counting of the votes because we mm-hmm. we saw with certain states where they don't allow uh, the voting to start until the actual election day, and certain states actually count the early voting last. So you, you get a scenario where Republicans turn up on the day to vote, and their count their votes get counted first, and then oh Donald Trump's in the lead, or whichever Republican candidate is in the lead, and then they get round to voting for these you know, mail-in votes that came in early and, oh, suddenly it's now the Democratic candidate who's in the lead. What could happen there? It must be voter fraud. They must be finding votes under the bed, you know, all this kind of stuff. And yeah. we, we, we could, in theory, just see this play out election after election now if, if that's going to be a trend of, of count the early votes last and it's the early votes that are going to win it for someone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you, you're hearing this uh, on talk radio like people are calling in saying wait what we were winning when mm-hmm. i went to bed you know, <laughs> when i woke up uh it it, it changed yep. and they're like what happened and it's it's just it's like a it's an idea disease mm-hmm. really it makes it's not it's not really logical but yeah. they're gonna make a lot of it it, it plays into this idea that Biden was losing. Biden wasn't losing. The votes were always there. They just he didn't. wasn't losing because they, count- <laughs> they weren't counting <laughs> just the way the votes were counted. Yeah, he, he counted- was never losing. If Biden, if they, never losing. If they counted the early votes first, then he would have shot up, and we would have seen it slowly come down as we counted the other votes. It's just which way you count first, you know. And but obviously, it plays into this 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 agenda for the Republicans that. Well, these states saw that our dear, honest, beautiful Donald Trump was winning, and the, those darndest Democrats just had to fake the vote and have Will Smith's great granddad vote for for Biden instead. 
Uh, Vaughn, anything else before I uh, before we move on a little bit? Um, no, just just in terms of that, like I think one really important thing that you just said, Toby, is that we have literally always had vote by mail. Mm-hmm. Like since the Civil War, we have had votes by mail, and it just hasn't been like the main way of voting. And I would definitely encourage when safe and responsible to vote in person um, in future because some things can happen with mail-in votes where records get deleted, yours truly. Um, it, like there can be more mistakes. So the best way to make sure that your vote is being counted is to vote in person, but it is not illegitimate. It is not illegitimate and it is not voter fraud to vote by mail. And it hasn't, we haven't seen that in any evidence for the last however many years we've been conducting investigations into votes by mail. Um, We've always had it. Some states like I believe Oregon um, and there's another one that's escaping me at the moment. Immediately, I think Nevada actually, immediately send out mail-in votes to or like mail-in ballots to every eligible voter. and they have for like a decade and it's never been an issue until right now because Trump is losing. And like, that's, it's just something to keep in mind that this isn't new mm-hmm. and it's just Trump's response. That is this childish kind of condemnation of something that has been an American institution for centuries. Um, so please don't listen to any of his rhetoric. Not that I think any of our listeners would be like, yeah, Trump's right. But like, this is, it's just, it's just a ploy um, to, as everything that you guys have just said, it's just a ploy to undermine and re-disenfranchise these voters, especially in Georgia, who actually got a fair say in this election for the first time in their lives and generations of people who've lived there, who were actually registered to vote and got their ballots and voted in this election. Trump's trying to say like, oh, it's not fair because the disenfranchised people voted. And it's like, seriously, man, that's that's the hill you're going to die on. Mm-hmm. Like, my God. Um, I thought, well, so we've reached the hour now. I thought just for the, the final little bit of the show, we can maybe just have a little bit of fun where I throw out some names and get some reactions from you people. Um, <laughs> you people, my, my two co-hosts. Um, I'd say the main victor out of all this, the real champion of all this is um, is Douglas, Douglas Emhoff, who is the going to be the, the first ever second second man second gentleman <laughs> not quite sure toby how jealous second are husband. you of him yeah second husband how jealous are you of him for having that as a <laughs> career it's title? just like you said he's like a he's become a sort of mid-level member of the royal family yeah and he he just doesn't have to really do anything yeah i, yeah. I, I am uh very je- jealous I mean, of uh, his position most definitely and, and to be honest like the thing about his position is that he could even get a bump. He could be promoted. <laughs> and he won't have to do anything about that either. That is true. So, yeah, he just life is just going to get a lot easier. For a second gentleman who's a Jewish entertainment lawyer. Toby, I mean, talk about the complete package for you. It is. I mean, obviously, that's kind of, you know, a bit flippant or whatever, but it is mm. It is interesting, I suppose, now to... Unless, of course, he has any 
weird sexual hang-ups. That's yes. the thing we're going to have to watch <laughs> out for. If any mysterious ions, then he would be in yeah. trouble. But I think we're probably safe from that. I don't think there's any allegations of such things. It is interesting now. I mean, it's a much smaller point compared to the rest of things. But as we start move towards, you know, Kamala Harris is the first female VP. And, you know, in the future, we will have a female vice president at some point, whether or not it's Kamala or whether or not it's Vaughn, whoever it is. Um, <laughs> no. We, we do start to play around with the, the politics and the gender politics of these things. And, you know, we will start to get accustomed to, you know, this idea of it is the woman in charge. Obviously, we've had that at a state level before. But, you know, when we get to a national level, we are going to start to see these things move about. And I suppose it is just interesting when <laughs> the history of America has basically been white men in charge. Then you had Obama. Then you had an orange and now you have Kamala Harris as VP. And so, so diverse. We, <laughs> we are, yes. Um, the, the next name I wanted to throw was actually a two-parter, and that was kind of different ends of the education scale. And Vaughn, I'd like oh. to give your initial reaction. So you have Dr. Jill Biden on one side, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you have what we imagine would be the outgoing uh, DeVos uh, education um, secretary or whatever her title is. Um, can you maybe just compare uh, the two and your initial reaction to uh, Betsy DeVos uh, no longer being in charge of education in America? Yes. Um, this is one of my favorite things to come out of this election because <laughs> I think that Betsy DeVos, for lack of a better word, <laughs> is a fucking bitch. And I <laughs> am so happy that she is going to be out of this this position that she had no no reason to ever be in yep any point like like never in the history of america would anyone be like you know who would make a good secretary of education betsy fucking devos (laughs) oh my god i hate this woman she just she has done such horrible things for education and my like I i don't know if we've covered it here but my like number one thing is education for young people that is the thing that I like fight the hardest for in my other life outside of this because like as we're seeing now the younger voters are the ones who are going to decide who our leaders are in the future that's how time works and if you just absolutely gut the education system like DeVos has been working for and doing for four years you are doing an absolute disservice to the future health of the country by just creating these these like 2010s Republican children in mass and just indoctrinating them into a system of like like what what were the textbooks that came out under DeVos? Like that oh, yeah. the the people who were enslaved in the US that they were just like maids and doing chores. And it's like that's the mindset that you are giving to children about the history of the United States and the history of African-Americans. You evil bitch. Like, oh my God, I hate her so much. And then everything she's done for just defunding schools mm-hmm. and um, all of this this stupid, this nonsense about charter schools and yep. giving, uh, what is it, like choice education and stuff that like literally only benefits rich white kids in the country and she has just been dumping money into that to further this this gap between low-income communities who happen to be um ethnic minorities in the u.s 
not happen to be. That's by design. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely by design because of public education being linked to property tax, absolutely by design. And she has just been gutting it even further and ruining the education of an entire generation of young people. And then now we have this, this glorious doctor of education coming in as the first lady. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing to see that education is winning and that decency is winning. And, and that, I believe she's going to keep her job. Is that correct? Or she, she talks she about. Is. She kept her job when she was second lady, when she was, when she was Joe Biden's like, she is still Joe Biden's wife, but when Joe Biden was vice president, she was still teaching and she is going to keep her job as first lady of still teaching. And that is just so incredibly admirable because we're, we're joking around that Kamala Harris's husband has the easiest life from now on that he he won feminism. But <laughs> like Jill, Jill Biden kept her job. She she isn't a teacher because like it pays the bills. She's a teacher like most teachers in America she cares. because she's passionate about it and because she gives a shit about young people and their education and it is an absolutely gorgeous beautiful amazing thing that we have that coming back to the decency or we have this decency coming back to dc and it just it is mm -hmm. such a shining beacon after the four years that we had under that just atrocious person betsy devos did you appreciate uh, Joe giving her a shout out and saying that the educators have kind of got one of their own in the White House now? Yes, I did. Yeah. I really did because teachers are so, so underfunded. And I know so many teachers in the States. One of my best friends from college, she's a teacher in Philadelphia. Um, and I give her the most props in this world because it's it, like they just, they don't have the resources. Every year she has to, uh, put up a GoFundMe page to get resources for her classroom and it's just horrible and she does an incredible job because she's a passionate teacher mm -hmm. but to finally have some sort of representation that will help children and help teachers and help this educational system to break apart the ideology that the Republicans and white people have always been right and they've always been kind and it's just we need to target that absolute bullshit and get it out of schools immediately and i feel like maybe it's misplaced but i feel like we might have a chance now to start turning around the education system because betsy devos is out and jill biden is our first lady wow i feel like if republicans were listening to this they'd be really motivated to get jill biden out <laughs> it's just like it's a war I mean, for the I indoctrination can, of our children <laughs> i can go on and on about this because i always do but like the, like through like all of the theories and shit like all two fairs idea ideas around education being the epicenter of how to train citizens to be citizens in society and whoever is in charge of that training that is the most dangerous person in the country because that is the person who is building the ideology for the next generation's state and there is nothing more dangerous than having Betsy DeVos at the forefront of that ideology. 
I would just like to say I didn't actually uh, warn the guys that I'd be doing this final last segment on just throwing some <laughs> names out there. So that eloquent and passionate uh, response from Vaughn was just off the cuff because that's how much she cares uh, about education and how much she hates it. Be- oh, I hate her so much. Oh, <laughs> she's awful. Uh, Toby, that. from hating someone to someone that we love the most, probably more than more, probably more than most Republican politicians. I don't know if you saw the dreadful news that those damn Democrats are apparently targeting one of our favorite Republican senators uh, in the, the next cycle, and they are planning to retire Rubio. How upset would you be, Toby, if, like me, uh, if, uh, if Marco Rubio was no longer a senator for the great state of Florida? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Rubio, it's like... You know he's he's good in some ways. He's you know because he keeps switching <laughs> from like I'm the young Latino. Let's let's do gang of eight. You know let's um, have a broader immigration system. To uh, no that gang of eight thing. Let's not talk about that in 2016. I, I was never a part of that. So oh the national socialism. Let's let's do that. Let's you know. And so, I mean, I would like to see Rubio out of um, life, out of politics. Mm-hmm. But I also would like to see him humiliated more, <laughs> having to like, you know, once once the new th- wave of like QAnon people come in, and then Rubio becomes a Q guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean. R- r- I think someone like that is like his actual politics is this kind of like um, the kind of thing we see in like um, in Florida or the the way that the Republicans are interpreting what's happened in Florida. It is a sort of like uh, anti-communism, like uh, free markets. Uh, America is always right type republicanism. That is, you know, it's, it's been. Yeah, it's been the go-to ideology of the Republican Party, at least at the elite level for, for a long time. But it's just, it doesn't really have that much of a support base. Mm-hmm. And so politicians like Rubio keep having to switch up, you know. But I, I you know, to be honest, I think Rubio is quite happy with, with what, what's happened um, with, the, with this election. Yeah, but I, I, I'm unsure about you know what a politician like that is going to do next, and and someone like that seems to be a chameleon, so he'll just adapt. He's a survivor. Yeah, he's like woodlice or something. He'll just keep going. Um, I suppose the one thing we should also mention is that Rubio has also talked up his uh, potential chances of running 2024, and mm. you know talking about how well I've, I've I've run once, so I can't say I wouldn't run again, kind of stuff. So we will see if um, Rubio moves further to the right, as required to be the uh, the replacement. Donald. I mean, he's been talking about uh, tech policy. You know, the Republicans are very sort of suspicious of the regulatory power over speech, mm-hmm. more than sort of advertising or things like that. That the tech companies have. And then he's also been talking about antitrust more broadly. You know, he's he's definitely someone who 
could in 2024 like he'll be completely different from what he was in 2016 mm-hmm. but it's going to be interesting to see really who what who ends up the the nominee i mean some people think you know it's like it's going to be like someone like um tom cotton or josh hawley and they're going to take a much more sort of uh nativist approach while becoming economically populist and they're going to see whether it you know they need to keep trump's style or to create some sort of ideology out of trumpism and we don't know if it's going to be them or it's going to be someone like tucker carlson yeah but then with the success of the republicans you know down ballot in the house I don't know if they're going to be able to completely make that transition. Like it seems like the Rick, the Rick Wilson's and Steve Schmidt's and all the people that make up the, the Lincoln project are going to have a genuine, you know, argument based on the evidence that they have from this election to make against those people. So yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see what, what happens with um, the Republican party mm-hmm. in the next few years. Absolutely. Um, so just finally for myself on, on this last segment was, uh, Vaughn, how happy are you that um, potentially you're not going to have Ivanka Trump as part of the White House? Oh, my. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> complicit. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, so I was saying this last night with my flatmate that like what I really want, what would make 2020 worth it, worth getting through is if on Inauguration Day. While Biden's being sworn in, the media just like cuts it like in The Godfather with clips of all of the Trumps getting arrested. <laughs> like just, just in between the, the swearing in, like just cut to Trump being dragged out of the White House and just like Ivanka in cuffs and Jared trying to run. Like, oh, I want it. I want it real badly. Um, that's what would make me happy. Oh, so, yeah, I'm that real pleased. I'm real pleased that Ivanka is not going to be in the goddamn White House anymore. Probably barred from the grounds. <laughs> that'll that'll be good. That that's something to look forward to. Um, Simon, but we're going to lose Jared, man, with his uh great. Oh uh, no, not Jared. Middle, Middle East peace uh, deals. They're going to be. That's it's actually one of the the sort of arrows in the quiver of the trump presidency that they're going to be talking about the economy before covid and the the, the they're going to make so much of these middle east peace deals and things like that and i guess jared and you know in the final analysis is going to become a little bit of a republican hero i think well i i, I did see a tweet that said now the election over is over jared kushner's actually going to return back to his original form which is a haunted doll which, uh, <laughs> yes. Remember how we didn't know what his voice sounded like for the first two years of this administration? Oh, yeah, just, just, just <laughs> just never spoke. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Vaughn, were you going to say something there? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't ask you your reactions to Biden winning. Do you have my, any immediate reactions? My so my reaction. So when I initially woke up after the election, it's I kind of treated it. So this is like what Tuesday. What's we mean? Early Wednesday, Wednesday. morning. So I kind of, when I did used to care more about football, uh, soccer, if you're American, I basically had the strategy where I wouldn't kind of pay attention 
to the match as it was happening, I would wait until the end and then I'd check the score because, you know, it was over at that point and I couldn't have any false hope or anything like that. So Mm -hmm. I kind of treated it the same where I'm going to, I'm not going to wake up in the middle of the night. I'm not going to check it at, you know, 2 a.m. and see, you know, (laughs) this politician's ahead or that. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to hopefully see a Biden victory. And then I woke up, um, left it till, you know, a little bit later in the morning uh, I still had to get up for work, but left as late as I could. And then Googled the US election results and saw that Biden was sort of narrowly ahead, but the election map was kind of pointing red towards Trump. And it, was, it wasn't it was as terrible as like 2016 mm. or after Brexit, which really did take my wind, uh, knock the wind out of me. In fact, I was actually in Sweden with my um, then girlfriend at the time when that happened. And I remember just waking up after brexit and it was just like a ton of bricks have been dropped to me it wasn't anything like that it was more just like oh fuck like <laughs> we may have really missed an opportunity here like are we really going to get four more years and then my mind went to things like like is trump going to like hoard all the vaccines in the world for america and like not give it to the rest of the world and we're all going to die and it's just going to be americans left so oh, yeah God. so that was kind of my media reaction and then I sort of dug into it a little bit more and then started to, you know, understand a, a bit more about the fact that, you know, part of the reason these states are projected to go red is because that's just how the current vote is. But actually, if you look at the the count that's still to come, you know, those votes are going to lean more more Democrat. And that's kind of how it's played out in certain states, including Pennsylvania, of course. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I do remember Simon saying and, and that morning, Toby Trump's going to win. Yeah, and I, I was like, I immediately just went to like, we are fucked, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't until I kind of put my more rational hat back on that it was like, all right, okay, need to think about this a bit more. And in fact, when my my wife woke up a little bit later on, she was like, oh, this is looking bad, kind of thing. And I, and I was actually at that point kind of conscious enough to actually play the rational card and go, well, actually, it might actually turn out okay because the early voters will early ballots get counted later and it actually mm-hmm. might turn out okay for Biden. But my kind of initial reaction was a bit like, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we've really missed a chance here. And then throughout the rest of the week, it's kind of been like, oh, it's been pretty steady. Like, I, th- I think tr- Biden's got a chance at this. But I, in fact, I wrote a little piece for the website just before, mm-hmm. just on Saturday morning, actually, which was, we are kind of in a continuous loop of we wake up and tomorrow will be the day that um, we get election results because today doesn't bring in anything other than the numbers ticking up a bit. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it felt. And then actually just a few hours later, we did actually finally get a projection that Biden was actually going to win, even though it felt like they could have made that projection, you know, a day or, so, day or so earlier, but they'd hadn't. And so I was kind of relieved, obviously happy that it all happened and that, you know, people are kind of, you know, projecting victories for Biden and Trump's going to lose and all this kind of stuff. But I've not fully let myself celebrate it yet, only because if if this were Joe Biden versus Mitt Romney, I know Mitt Romney for all his kind of, you know, do the bare minimum kind of stuff. I don't think he would be doing what Trump is now. I'm fairly certain right. of that. Yeah. And the Republicans are fucking evil. And they will find a way for Trump to stay in power or at the very least, you know, make the Biden victory so illegitimate that he's not able to do anything, you know, kind of thing. 
And so as much as I want to believe that the selection's over, I guess I'm going a bit more into my waiting for the football result to end before I actually get emotionally involved in it. So, you know, I don't think we'll quite have the situation we had in 2000 with Florida and dragging on and that kind of thing. But there's too many states. Yeah. For for the immediate future until I I suppose we'll know a bit bit on Monday uh, when, you know, we see kind of the initial reaction to, you know, some of the lawsuits and all this kind of stuff and how far it goes. The problem is if this were to go to the Supreme court, the Supreme court is basically half filled by Trump now. Um, so there, there is a, a potential issue there. So while I'm delighted Trump lost, and I have no doubt that it was a legitimate, legitimate victory for Biden, I guess. I guess I'm just putting it in the context of who's the current president and who the current GOP are. And I don't see them taking this lightly and I don't see them accepting defeat. And I think even the kind of quote unquote moderate Republicans seem to be at least partly in on this Mm -hmm. oh there's definitely something going on and the fact that cnn are giving like talking time to rick santorum for anything but they're still they're still giving him talking time around (laughs) well you know joe biden you know hasn't officially won this and we should we should be careful and you know and you know we we will we will we will maybe see donald trump concede this once he is happy that you know he has actually lost and we've actually gone through the the finish line and all this kind of stuff. And of course, it's all nonsense. You know, Donald Trump will never accept this as a loss. But yeah, um, yeah. so that, that, but that was kind of my reaction. I was delighted in it. I didn't turn to drink like Vaughn. Um, <laughs> I didn't turn to despair and think, well, it's still not completely over. I still think Biden won't, won't be the president in January, but I'm still not, I'm still not fully there on it because I just okay. want to see how it plays out. So that, that's kind of my, my long answer on how I felt over the last week. Yeah, and I think um, you sort of comparing it to a football match, you know, when you're waiting and like on top, listening to your talk sport and Didier Drogba scores a goal, you know, towards the end, even though it was a match you were dominating or something like that. Yes. Like all of that is true because it's how we experienced it, mm-hmm. but it's nonsense because that's not really what happened. The election mm-hmm. happened. Yes. And if um, the states had, decided not to release information about how the count was going just you know bring in the votes and then wait a day and then announce like some other countries do none of that ro- emotional roller coaster would have happened it wouldn't have been a, a a news story like that with the with a narrative with these um mirage the red you know the red mirage the blue mirage like the way um simon talks about it is like we were napoleon at waterloo and we were watching all these different armies and the, the 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 german army had broke through you know one one of our one of our sweeping maneuvers and and, and simon was like no it's all over <laughs> <laughs> none of that happened it the, the vote happened uh, you know it, it could have been called in one moment it wouldn't have been a narrative it would have just been the vote yeah yeah but why do they put, put us through all of this? Why do they put poor Simon through? through yeah. Poor, innocent, uh, virgin-minded Simon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, just, yeah. just before we end, and just because it's now become something of a crock for us, I just want to read, uh, end on the, the most latest uh, Mitt Romney news that I've, I've got to hand. 
Ooh. And so he was asked um, uh, kind of who he voted for. And apparently he seems to have said who I voted for is in the review, re- rear view mirror. So he's already moved on from who he actually voted for. And he says, now I want to make sure that we conservatives keep on fighting to make sure we don't have a green deal. We don't get rid of oh gas God. and coal and oil and that we don't have medical for all Medicare for all. So, yep. Good old decent Republicans. He Fine. makes it so hard to love him. He does. <laughs> it's just God. like John Kasich when he was like, you know, I mean, I hope Biden's a president for all people. Oh, yeah. we, have, we have real problems like the debt, like um, yes. health care. And then he said, yeah, that um, Biden's going to have to make deals. And for all these big problems, you know, small steps. Small steps. <laughs> like he was like, we have a bunch of problems and we're not gonna solve any of them. We're gonna keep doing the same shit that we're doing. <laughs> and we're gonna like put a, a rosy tint and call it, you know, like centrism and decency and mm. stuff like that. Like we had like that's an actual problem. Like having Biden be president doesn't solve that problem. That's still a problem. <sighs> but you know Yeah. I d- did hear that. It does appear now that uh, now that a Democrat is back in charge, suddenly the national debt is of, of interest to Republicans. So um... <laughs> I think Ted Cruz literally said that. He said, that, "No, and now it's back." Okay, like he finally admitted it to a reporter. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. Um, were you going to say something there? There are just two final things that I want to say before we finish. One is that we get dogs back yeah dogs are legal again in the white house i'm so excited one of them's a rescue and his name's champ mm-hmm. He's so cute oh god i'm so excited for that um <laughs> such a good thing and then the second thing is that um i did make that reaction video last night and i went kind of philly in it which <laughs> i try not to do frequently and i've been pretty philly all week um especially since Friday when that news came out. And I just want to caution all of our all of our listeners that if you thought Philadelphians were arrogant before and that Philadelphians lauded it over the rest of the country that we're the ones who made American democracy, we're the birthplace of American democracy, <laughs> you will literally never hear the end of it now. <laughs> that Philly are the ones, Philadelphians are the ones who save the country a second time um so just just going forward i'm so sorry that philly exists <laughs> that <laughs> our ego exists um because that's on us we did that you're in welcome two, america in 200 years time they're going to slightly mix up things and they're going to say that nick falls through the past that won biden the election um, in a few years i've yes. seen that tweet already <laughs> like <laughs> nick falls through it to gritty and it was the landslide victory. <laughs> you know that dog thing? Um, it just mm. reminded me of the reporter going and talking to one Rep- Republican voter and Republican and t- talking to them about, you know, that um, thing about Trump um, not liking the, the troops or mm-hmm. finding mm-hmm. people who, who, who died to be, you know, contemptible. And the person said that I don't believe I don't believe it. And, you know, I don't believe that he believes that Trump doesn't like dogs. But clearly <laughs> Trump dislikes dogs. But you can't sell that to these people. You can't. I mean, he literally compares things that are bad, like 
you'll get cheated on again like a dog or whatever it is like he actually uses it as as uh as his uh go-to insult for people we should have the... known sorry go ahead. Yeah, we really should i was gonna say sorry i was just gonna say the fact that we have an american president who's on record like tweeting about the relationship breakup between <laughs> was it k-pats or whatever their name was that when yes. they were together like that is just so insane like imagine like jefferson tweeting about k-pat like it's just, <laughs> just... That's, that's exactly what i was gonna say i was gonna say we should have known when he called Kristen stewart a dog <laughs> <laughs> okay well... and i think um like just before we should probably just talk about trump yeah as the the guy because like i guess in at the beginning of um just like a big in america in 70 or 76 leaders like washington were made because they, they were they were great warriors right you know they, they they wanted washington to be king but he, he didn't want to be king and then you know the the new american myth became manifest destiny right these great explorers but trump trump kind of is you know the, the the myth of modern america the myth that you know um of a, sale, a charismatic salesman almost you know yeah. who um logic and reason doesn't necessarily resonate with it it just has to be an impression of something and he's he's marshaled um the new media source the new technology social media better than than anyone and it's been the you know one of the great salesman in in american life and and that that thing you just said about you know him caring about you know two celebrities uh, relationship he's not like washington he's not like those characters he's he's much more he's much Grand more level. yeah he's he's just much more narcissistic mm-hmm. and um and i and i and i do think that he's a character that if F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote about him. Mm-hmm. He would have won the Nobel Prize for, for writing. And he's not like obviously Trump is a bad person. The he's he's brought in you know white nationalists like uh, Bannon and, and Miller. He's um, pushed a, a lot of um, policies at the border that have been you know really really terrible. Um, his political economy is just the same Republican stuff that has um, impoverished people and led to a lot of uh, inequality. But on, on another level, like this is one of the most important Americans mm. ever, and he and and I and I don't. And I hope that isn't really lost in all this sort of decency talk, because you hear, you know, people like Joe Scarborough talking about, oh, you know, we've, we're getting uh, '90s Clintonism uh, again, and and the decency, and you know, we'll. we'll um, but I hope that 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 Trump's um, representation of America or what Trump means for America isn't really lost. Because if it is, and you go down the path of like, oh, we're just resurrecting, you know, decency and um, patience and bipartisanism again, the the American people are not going to elect another Donald Trump. 
you know you have to solve the problems in their lives for them not to mm. elect someone like that you can't we can't just say that because biden beat this thing by two what three points that it's been defeated in any great way it doesn't say anything about the last 50 years mm-hmm. and and i do think that you know i think that we would be escaping responsibility for trump if we did that like now he's saying that the election isn't you know legal or it, it, they're not legal votes can you imagine this like he lost mm-hmm. lost the election and he's saying it's not true this like this 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 total disregard for facts and empiricism and, and and it's not even about decency like he makes up the world yeah and and he sells it to people by feeding them with this level of enthusiasm that makes them completely disregard actual facts and that is american <laughs> yeah yeah that's a fair point um Vaughn, any final words before we we close off? Um, I mean, you can just go yeah. tell Stephen Miller to fuck himself if you want. That's perfectly fine. Oh my god! I yeah, definitely that. That guy needs to fucking go. Um, I, he's so gonna get hired by like Harvard or something, isn't he? Of course he is. Yeah, yeah. Stanford's gonna pick him up or something. Yeah. Um, no, I'm. He's gonna be the president of Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> just like. Final notes. I get. I mean, I've said a lot this week, either on our Twitter or in a video last night, or just to any of the other yeah. commentaries that I've been giving for uni <laughs> stuff and everything. Um, I've spoken a lot this week, and just final notes are: I'm really happy about this. Obviously, we have tons and tons of work to do, tons of work to do. But like if we're taking this weekend just to kind of relax and feel that relief of the pressure as Americans that has been there for four years, like we can, we can get to what needs to be done tomorrow. It's just, this relief is like indescribable. I didn't, I didn't really realize how stressed I have just been by having Mm -hmm. Donald Trump as my president until it was finally announced yesterday that Joe Biden definitively won. And it was just this immediate stress relief that it's incomparable. So if you're American and if you're feeling that right now, like bask in it, enjoy it. It's going to be a rough ride for the next couple months until he's actually out of office um, and out of kind of supreme power that the president has right now. It's kind of scary to think about what might happen in the next, it's well, it's two months now, two two and a bit. but ride it right now. Just be happy. Just like we we deserve this at this point after putting up with it for four years and how hellish 2020 has been. He has taken so much from the American people. And if you're feeling relief right now, just feel it. Um, we can work on everything tomorrow. I think that's a really good point. And I did read one uh, tweet that basically said that um you know celebration of victory is part of activism you know we we, we have to we have to be able to take a breath from you know right we've got work to do or right you know biden doesn't agree on this let's change his mind you know if you can't stop and 
get your energy back by rejoicing in something like this, then you're probably not going to last very long. So, you know, it's a long road ahead, as it were. Uh, my final point is that just I'm very, very relieved that Trump has lost or <laughs> he is uh, on course to lose possibly, I don't know, Biden might get to about 300, some, something like that, maybe 306. Uh, as always, I was wrong on the number he would get because I'm wrong about all this kind of stuff, but I am at least delighted that uh, I at least I got partly right and it looks like Biden's going to to eke out a victory in, a, in the college uh, electoral votes anyway. Um, Toby, any final thoughts other than bringing back up Waterloo, which, you know, points for you for being the person who brought that up today? <laughs> Yeah, um, I think my final point is I think I completely agree with with Vaughn. Like, um, there is work to do, but we should, um, yeah. I mean, it's, we should we should celebrate the defeat. Yep. Yeah, and I guess um, in lieu of a civil war, what we have I'm so disappointed <laughs> is democracy and demo- democracy. You know, democracy actually switches the power base from one particular faction to another without any bloodshed. Mm-hmm. And what we've done is we've put our faith back into to that system that has stood the test of time. And there are forces that seem to want to push us in a different and i think dangerous direction so we should celebrate what has been achieved by the american people what has been achieved by uh pennsylvania mm-hmm. mm. um don't give them too much credit we can't can't have we're that. taking what, it what, were you what were you guys in t- 2016 i mean or did you did you guys um did you guys vote for clinton in 2016 they were big Jill Stein people. No? No, there, there was a big Jill Stein vote, actually, in Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> Pennsylvania ultimately went Trump. But the, the difference between Trump and Hillary was about 2,000 votes. Okay, so you guys finally had... came through after being so bad last time. Well, Sanders had 4,000 votes. And the difference uh, between Sanders Hillary writing. and Trump was two. Yeah. And it's like... You fucking serious, my guy. Um, but we did it this time, and that's all that matters. Like, yeah. <laughs> what it the Eagles' victory in the Super Bowl was yeah. not about how they lost every Super Bowl before that. It was how true. they fucking won. Okay, is the Philly special, and that's all that matters now. So, very true. We're taking yeah. it. Grease up the polls. <laughs> so whatever happens in the next few weeks, we need to celebrate this victory. We need to celebrate democracy. Absolutely, we do, and very exciting news which i'm just breaking on the podcast now even the guys don't know about it from mm-hmm. january we will have a fourth co-host when betsy devos will be joining <laughs> us full time no. uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh it's gonna get loud i wouldn't i wouldn't allow betsy devos on this but thank if, you toby if mitch mcconnell <laughs> the majority i'm <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh-huh that would be something. Whoa. Right. Okay. We should probably leave it there. Um, yeah. Toby, Vaughn, well done. You know, we survived, sort of. Um, yeah. Try and get some sleep, I guess. As mm. Specifically Vaughn, I suppose. Um, 
yeah well from from toby from vaughn and from betsy and from myself simon uh thank you very much for listening we will have a, another episode from you uh, for you in the near future and uh take care and, and uh in, enjoy the last remaining days of a donald trump presidency it's um, mm. probably still got a couple of twists and turns still to come right goodbye goodbye